Hey there, it's Kim Doyle, and welcome to my show, where digital marketing meets real stories, experiences, and strategies. You'll get a behind-the-scenes look at what's working and not working in my business, as well as other experts who show up and share their stories. As much as I love talking about tangible marketing principles and tactics, we'll dig a little deeper with mindset and explore what's required to create a business you love on your terms that also supports your life. I want to help you understand the why behind the how. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just dipping your toes in, remember, marketing is a journey and the goal is to enjoy it. My desire is to guide you on your journey and remind you that no matter what life throws at you, you've got this. What up, what up, and happy new year. Welcome to 2024. This is another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. Uh, I am really fired up. I don't know about you guys, but I think just taking the time off that I needed over the holidays gave me this whole new, I don't know, full of vim and vigor, this like excitement, this energy. I don't know. Every I, I'm on fire, though. Let's just say that. And so we're going to jump into it. This is the first episode of the new year. And like I mentioned in the last 2023 episode, I wanted to do a year in review. And I've I've done a year in review podcast, I, I think as long as I've been podcasting, which I started in 2013. And I couldn't get excited about it, for lack of a better word, it just was dragging and stuff. Um, so I decided to do something differently. And today's episode is 2023 lessons learned and finding my voice again. And this this resonated so much more with me than doing your typical year in review post, at least how I've done them in the past. And honestly, you know, do what works for you, right? That's that's my whole new mantra. I'm on such a mission to get people to listen and trust themselves and take inspired action based on plans and structure and behavior and habits that support us in, in reaching the goals we want to reach, but doing it in a way that works for you. And for what it's worth, that's kind of the theme for the next year, both with business and my life, i.e., you know, finding my voice again and doing things in a way that works for me, Um, which means doing things differently, you know, (coughs) excuse me, it is so dry here right now. Initially, I really was excited to do this year in review podcast because it's the year has just been. (coughs) You guys, I am so sorry. Excuse me. I have been talking today. I don't know why it is that I start to record and vocals go sideways. So bear with me. Um, Like I said, I I was excited to do this. I've really always enjoyed looking back on the previous year, my wins, my losses, what I learned, all that kind of stuff. Um, But so much happened in 2023 that much of it feels like a blur. And in in so many ways, last year just felt like a lot. I know so many people that feel that way as well. And there are plenty of people that had great years, and that is wonderful. But this a lot feeling, it was just that, like, I, I think I shared a, um, <coughs> excuse me, a meme or something or an, an image I'd found on social in a newsletter, and it said, you know, all of adulthood is really saying to yourself over and over, well, after after next month or after this week, things will slow down. Things will slow down. And this whole year, it it just was was nonstop. And 
Um, the contrast I experienced in moving back to California from Costa Rica felt overwhelming at times. And the first contrast might seem obvious. So, so I'm going to kind of just go through the personal stuff and what I experienced. And then I'll get into business. And I, I do expect there to be a handful of off script moments. Because I, I wrote this yesterday. And I've had all these new epiphanies in the last 24 hours. I kid you not. Um, but I think there will be some interjections. So let, let's just go for it. But again, the first contrast that probably seems obvious was the weather and moving back last year. And having grown up and spent the majority of my adult life in the Bay Area, I mean, I, I when I say the majority, I'll say having spent all of my adult life until 2020 in Northern California in the Bay Area, um, I just, I didn't think it would have such an impact on me, but it did. It also didn't help that I moved back during a crazy, heavy winter with massive snow. Um, I have been at my dad's since moving back, and he lives at, it, this is where my parents retired. It's about an hour southeast of Lake Tahoe. So it's beautiful. It's forest, it's the mountains, and beautiful trees and everything. Um, but beyond my short stint and one winter in Boise, I have never lived in the snow. And I have zero intention of doing that again, when I leave here. Um, and I just, I really did forget how incredibly dry it is here. Costa Rica is humid, but it's not like Orlando humid, where you step outside and you're just like, oh, I need to shower again already. You definitely feel that by later in the day, but everybody feels that. But there's, a, it's, it's, um, there's just like the right amount of moisture. Like my skin never felt dry. It was it was lovely. And I was pleasantly surprised by how much I had acclimated to that climate after a while. And like I said, my skin felt fantastic. So that was a bonus. And as much as I missed the seasons, to the extent that Northern California actually has seasons, we definitely have se- more seasons than Southern California. Um, winter is the season I like best. I do like fall. I like this sort of hibernating time you know, where we kind of retreat and we rest and all that kind of stuff. Um, And snow is pretty. I love how quiet it makes everything. But I I really would be fine if my only experience of snow moving forward was a conscious choice to go visit the snow. (laughs) Like, I don't need to live in it. There's there's nothing there. Um, And also, I don't know if it is, if it's just... um, menopause, but it's like, my feet are always freaking cold. You guys, I've started to double up my socks. I'm not kidding you. I have been walking my dog and I'm like, and and I wear Bombas socks. And if you're not familiar, go online. I love them. They're thick. They last. They're sturdy. And I put on a little pair of shorty socks underneath them because when I walk the dog, I'm in tennis shoes and my feet turn into ice cubes. The rest of me can be warm, but my toes are ice cubes. I know circulation, all that good stuff, but whatever. It's annoying to no end. Um, so yeah, the climate has definitely been an adjustment. And I don't know if I talked about it. Let me just scroll down. No, so let's let's scroll back up here before we get into the biggest adjustment of all. The other thing that I have been surprised about in terms of the adjustments was on one hand, it's been fantastic to have the conveniences of being back in the States and being able to get what you need and all that good stuff. I'm not necessarily close to amenities. My dad is up on an acre. Um, and 
we're like an hour from like a Target or a Costco. I know these are all first word po- world problems, but hear my heart. Um, there's like a Walmart's like 20 plus minutes away and there's an, enough of grocery and restaurants and that kind of stuff. But I, I mean, I have handheld weights, but if I wanted to join a gym, I've got to drive 20, 25 minutes to go do that. I don't have a huge desire right now, but the point being, it, I, I've not necessarily been super close to amenities. A couple things. I do love where my parents retire. It's quiet. It's beautiful, but it's a bunch of retirees. Um, and it's peaceful. It for sure. It's a hundred. It's super, super peaceful. But having been in Costa Rica the last two holiday seasons, I only came back at Christmas. That intense the intenseness of the consumerism, I, I missed out on it, right? It, and it's like, I, I don't, I don't know, guys, like I felt it differently having been here for the whole time. And I had, I, I really did enjoy fall. And as soon as it started cooling off and building fires, and that's cozy and all that good stuff. But truly, January rolls around, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> like I'm ready for summer. Um, but anyways, so, you know, all of those adjustments, but the biggest one really is people. And I am, I'm sure I've shared this before, but I'm a fifth generation San Franciscan. So I was the last generation to be born in San Francisco. My kids, I think my brother and I were, my sister was born in the East Bay, but, and you know, there's this, this, um, I don't know, this connection to the Bay and San Francisco and stuff. But yet, I'm not a city person. I'm really not one. I don't, I've never lived in an urban area. Uh, my parents are both born and raised there. But, you know, so it's been really, I've grown up with family close by. And it's, it's been wonderful. And, you know, the primary reason I moved back was because my dad was having some major health issues. And then it's, it's not funny, but it's like, our family has gotten just smaller, which happens over the years until kids start having kids, right? And so it's really my dad and then my aunt and uncle, my mom's youngest sister. And they, my aunt and uncle both just turned 70, very, very close to her. And they don't have kids. So we're sort of her last connection to my mom and her family as well. And so I am, I've been really grateful to be able to be here and, and, and spend time with everybody. But it's been a lot. Um, so my dad will be 80 this year. And like I said, his health isn't all that great. You wouldn't look at him and think so. But he has a handful of issues. His heart's the main issue in terms of, you know, like he's had three heart attacks, he's got AFib, and we think he's got congestive heart failure, because now he's they said fluid around the heart, all that kind of, on Lasix, you know, blah, 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 blah. We don't need a doctor's report for my dad. So like I said, his health and missing family were the primary reason I moved back. The secondary reason was the last year in Costa Rica was a lot more trying than I had realized. I had visitors every month for nine months. And I had one month that was a break in between that time. So between January and August, I had visitors every month except for February. But January, after my friend left, I ended up with COVID. And so... It was as as much as I was super appreciative that people came to visit, it really interrupted my life and work in a way that impacted my income and my energy. Again, I hadn't realized this while I was experiencing it, but I'm like, God, I felt like I like I'd get momentum going and then it would stop and it would get momentum going and it was and I would and it would stop. And 
I realized, you know, my mentor has said to me, she said, yeah, I tell people, come down, come visit, but just know that I'm not doing any touristy things. Well, when people come down to stay with me or see you, they want to do stuff with you. And instead of me saying, I will go to dinner with you guys, but I'm go get rent a car, go do your thing. Like I'm not interested in doing any of that stuff. And then as soon as um, I was kind of done with visitors, literally, it was the last visitor I had in August. It was uh, one of my dearest friends, her niece came. And I, she had rented a car, but I was driving her back to the airport because we go through the, the monkey trail, the river and everything. And so going through the river, um, I wanted to, I just want to, it's a s- street, you can do a map quest or map. Oh my God, dating myself you know, Google Maps or Waze or whatever. But there's no street signs. So you just got to really pay attention. So I'm like, look, I don't know, she's 22 or whatever. I'm like, Bridget, I'll drive you to the airport. And it was on the way out to the car that my back went out. And oh my gosh, you guys, that was heinous. After I got her to the airport, like I had to stop and lay down in the back of my car a couple times. I was in so much pain. And that was the whole day then that turned into me going to the ER, blah, 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 all that stuff. So, and then from then on, the so the, la- the second year that I was there was crazy. I had a month, I had one of my dogs had surgeries. Um, I had surgery. He, it just, it was just a lot. And a couple things is that all of my guests were people who were close to me. And so it wasn't like they were difficult. And and one friend, they didn't even stay with me. But I did feel this responsibility to be with people who had come to Costa Rica because I was there. And, um, you know, one of my friends that she came a couple times, just the easiest person to to be with. And that she's like, Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll read I'll go to the pool, whatever. So easygoing. I'm like, God, I could vacation with you anytime. And um, I'm going to send her this because she knows who she is. And she came down a few times, which was awesome. And so a lot of this validated what I already knew about myself and that I'm going to be firm about in the future. I require a good chunk of time to myself. Boundaries are key for me, regardless of whether they make sense to other people or not. And I have had these things like, why don't I want to do it's it's bizarre. This is a whole other conversation with my therapist of I don't enjoy doing things that I feel like in my world, okay, and this is a super broad general statement, but the mass population loves to do. And if you're one of those people who isn't into this, would you just let me know I'm not alone? I'm I'm just I'm not one for huge crowds. I don't want to go to sporting games. Um, again, grew up, my parents had season tickets to the Niners for 20 years. My family are diehard 49er fans. I don't mind watching the 49ers American football. Because of TV shows, though, I will say that I've gotten into soccer, i.e. football. Um, Ted Lasso, Wrexham, and then watching Beckham, I'm like, I'm kind of digging this sport. But anyways, I don't like the massive crowds, right? And I, like, I probably... I don't see myself ever going to like a concert again. Um, It's just not my cup of tea. And um, so there's a lot of things that are the norm when you're in sort of suburbia that are just not my jam, for lack of a better word. And so I'm always going around feeling like that song from Sesame Street. One of these things just doesn't belong here. 
And um, I'm the only one in my family that works for myself. My daughter gets what I do, but she's down in Southern California. Anyway, you know, just being around people and the expectation of family functions, my family, we have always celebrated everyone's birthdays. So it just feels like it's every month, every month, every month, there's something to do. And the other piece of this is my family and all my friends are about two hours away. So every single time there's a function, I'm going down. Um, it took a few, it also took a few come to Jesus moments with my dad for him to get that just because I'm home working doesn't mean I'm available for midday chats, errands, questions, or whatever else he thinks of. That being said, it is a good thing I did come back because we had three trips to the ER this year, all via an ambulance because of his health. And the first one, it took them 15 minutes to get here. That's how remote this is, and which is not great. Uh, my siblings are both two hours away, so my dad would have been on his own until they could have come up to him. So I have given myself until the end of June with him. Well, I had originally given myself until the end of June 2024, hoping that he'd start thinking about moving. And it looks like that might be coming to fruition this year um, for whatever reason, because I think I shared this, but I actually cut my my trip from Costa Rica short by a week in October um, because I was fried after doing the retreat and just being down. It was just nonstop. And um, I got home, was home for a day, and he was back in the ER for 10 hours and then transferred to the hospital and gallstones, even though I had a gallbladder out. I had no idea that you could do that still. But anyways, um, over the hall, I, I just think he's realizing that his house, which you guys, it's not huge. It's, it's a good size. It's 2,600 square feet on an acre. Um, and But there's a lot of maintenance. Guys, we are surrounded by pine trees. So there are pine needles all year long that need to be cleaned up. I mean, they, they stop falling during the summer, but oh my God, there's so much to do. And he's got people that come and do it, but it's it's just a lot. And the house is, like I said, about 2,600 square feet and he's got a housekeeper, but <laughs> I don't know, guys. Um, it, it's a lot. So um, he started looking at retirement communities and downsizing over Christmas. And he is thinking in the spring, I told him he wants company, of course. Um, my dad likes company for everything. I need company for nothing. I'm, I'm just being honest. And the sort of like a 55 plus uh, community is what he's looking at. And um, so yeah, I told him I'd happily go look with him. And I think I'm going to start making a list of things that need to be done around here. And just working through them with him. Um, and my siblings will will help. I just need to give them heads up. But so when spring rolls around, that's part of the plan. In the meantime, I am on a mission to help him get rid of things. Because my parents uh, were married when my mom, um, 51 years when my mom passed together for like 53. And I tried to get them to get a dumpster when they moved from the Bay Area up here. They did not. So they've got stuff sitting in the garage that's never been touched. It's that generation, you guys, right? And my kids are really grateful that um, I am pretty much a minimalist at this stage in my life. Yeah, so, uh, and I've had this epiphany, so this is going to be a little off script today. And I promise I'm almost done with my dad's health and the drama of all this stuff. But it's, um, it's, it's just... Having gone from live, living alone for three years and being left to my own devices, and I had great friends 
still have great friends down in Costa Rica. Um, there is an element of um, being needed and expectations of showing up for stuff that I was okay with when I came back because I had missed it a little bit. And now I'm, I'm really thinking a bit about it. Um, I've also spent a lot more time though with, with extended family and friends, which all of this has been wonderful. You guys, I hope this does not come across as complaining. Um, but it's just, where am I at with this? Um, you know, like where I was, uh, Okay, we're getting there. I'm jumping ahead. I'm just kind of checking my notes here. But like I said, when I go to visit people, it's a decent amount of traveling because it's a four hour round trip. And I try to pack in as much as I go down. So if I go down, I stay at my sister's and then I try and see my aunt and uncle and I try to get together with girlfriends. What else do I need to do down here? Do I need to go to this store? Do I need to go to that? That kind of stuff. And uh, it it also means being away from my own space, as small as it is, Um it's my stuff. It's my space. You guys get that, right? Every month for a chunk of time. No bueno. <laughs> Fortunately, though, this gave me a break for my dad and him from me. Again, although he is one of those people who loves company no matter what he's doing. Um, and he's had a few trips throughout the year. I had a couple of trips. Uh, I was very happy to be able to go to the coast of Oregon in May and meet two of my dear friends, online in person. We did a little weekend, um, four or five day stint at Airbnb. Um, and then I was in Costa Rica in October. I went down, uh, my sister and my niece had some travel and some trips before getting her off to college. And so I was down at her house for a couple of weeks with their dog. And then I helped her move my niece. to college. You guys, it's been nonstop. And I'm like, this, this doesn't feel fun. <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It's, it's a trip. And, um, I just didn't realize, though, that that my dad and I had had so many breaks from each other. And until uh, November, December rolled around, and neither of us had any trips. And I was starting to feel like I need to find a cave to go hibernate in. So, I mean, he's he's good. And I love him. And he's a wonderful person. But I really, you guys, I just, I don't, I don't... (laughs) I'm such a noise Nazi. I horrible term, I guess, but I don't know. Like the TV is not on until I need to unwind at night. I just like the quiet. Anyways, so truly being close to family and friends is a gift and I am super grateful for it. But with it comes a feeling of obligation. After this Christmas, I have definitely decided that I will be doing holidays differently. And I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. But it just has to be simpler. It really has to be simpler. And it's not my responsibility. And I hope that this is speaking to anybody that feels this expectation from family, um, or to uphold the way things have been or traditions think this might feel differently. If my mom were here, God bless her, she really was the anchor for everybody. Um, But I'm not willing to compromise my peace of mind anymore. I'm not. And so, again, to reiterate the Araya Mountain Dreamer quote that I shared in the last episode is, are you willing to disappoint another so as not to betray your own soul? And that's what this comes down to. Um, I definitely felt more stress uh, this last year. And, and to back up to most of my friends, like I said, live in the East Bay also. And it's just, so every time I go down, it's not just a couple of days, I extend it to cram in a bunch of stuff. Um, anyways, I already addressed that, but 
Yeah, this this year has been stressful. Um, and it was more, I felt more stressed this year than I had in the three years prior. One was in Boise and almost two years in Costa Rica. And like I said, Boise was the first time I'd lived alone. And it was, and it is bliss for me to live alone. I freaking love it. Now, do I want a partner in my life? Absolutely. I just think he may have to have his own place or we're definitely going to need, I, I don't know, I need somebody independent. And one of these days, I may just do a for shits and giggles episode on dating and dating apps because I, to this day, do not friggin' understand why. And I'm just whatever, but I'm going to say it. And I think I need to do a TikTok video on this. You guys, every male profile, almost every male, but too many times they post pictures of their toys. Here's a, here's a picture of my motorcycle. Here's a picture of my boat. Here's a picture of my hot rod. Here's a picture of the fish I caught. I'm like, I don't freaking care. Like, I think, I think that's, I, I, I don't get it, you guys. Like, again, how about here's a picture of my computer, my books, my suitcase, because I like to travel. Here's my bubble bath. Like, it's just cuckoo blows me away. Anyway, but because of the stress that I experienced, I ended up getting sick within a month of coming back. And then I got shingles in April. And yes, um, I am going to, I'm going to get the vaccination, but shingles sucks, you guys. Fortunately, I didn't have a severe case, but I'm still dealing with nerve issues. And the annoying effing thing about that is that my back is healed. And there's still some weird nervy shit going on in my leg um, that I need to get back into. And uh, the doctor and demand because God forbid, you know, I won't even go sideways with American healthcare, but I need an MRI. I want someone to look and make sure everything is healing properly. And is it just nerves take time? And one of my neighbors in Costa Rica uh, was actually a, a nurse for a neurosurgeon and watched it, saw the surgery multiple times. She said, Kim, our nerves heal at the rate of like a millimeter, which is like the thickness of your fingernail a month. So it's it just takes time. And so then, but shingles, this is why I'm telling anybody 50 and older, get the vaccination, the shingle shot, because it sucked. It was painful. And I ended up with only the blisters like on my hand and up my wrist a little bit, but it was my right hand. <laughs> so I'm not kidding you guys. I go to dry my hair and I have to hold my elbow up against the wall to hold the hair dryer um, because the nerves are still healing. So, um, and that was triggered. I believe shingles was brought on by stress. So there you have it. Okay, now let's jump into, uh, I wonder how long, how long did I ramble you guys? Okay, I'm going to try to be a little bit more succinct here. Uh, but thanks for the Dear Diary lesson. And if you take nothing else from that, one, know that the feelings, the challenges of people and relationships and, and family and um, obligations and expectations it's across, it's just life, right? And I get that. And it's across the board, but you're not alone in it. And I refuse to accept that I don't get to choose how I feel, which that last episode taking responsibility. But I, I also choose to accept that life is supposed to be hard. I don't buy that shit. All right. So here's some personal lessons learned. Um, I need more time to myself with zero explanations or justifications. I said yes to things I wanted to say no to, or I felt bad about saying no, and just no more, you guys. I'm done doing that shit. I definitely want to be closer to amenities. Like I said, my dad's 
you know, my parents' house, it's beautiful and it's quiet, but it's a good 20 plus minutes to a decent grocery store. On the other hand, it's kind of nice that there aren't a bunch of conveniences, i.e., around meaning ie meaning you know you just you make do what you have like there there's no DoorDash up here right and all of that on the other hand if i'm gonna live without conveniences i may as well be in costa rica which is my big epiphany you guys i don't know where this came from but and this is a a process this is the whole off script thing and i'm like it popped into my head about moving back next summer what we'll see we'll see how the spring goes but it's the first time I've had that thought. I never saw myself moving back, at least not permanently. I don't, I don't know what any of this means, but I'm, I'm just saying like, it's a real strong pull right now. Um, and a side note with that is that as it's getting colder here, because I had to remind myself that I'm recording this very beginning of January, and I didn't get back here till mid-February and then we had this the crazy winter and the snow. So I've got, you know, at least three months of cold in front of me. And I had hip surgeries as a kid, and my hips are really achy. So I don't know, nothing hurt in Costa Rica, meaning joints, um, because you're so close to the equator, it's a blue zone, all those things. I don't necessarily know all the science behind it, but my body felt great down there. Okay. Other lessons learned. Boundaries are everything. Trite as it is, the old adage of putting your own oxygen mask on first is key. Just like I talked about last week, and when things went sideways in that conflict, that alignment has to come first. This means meditation, exercise, good sleep, and people that fuel that deeper part of my soul. I don't do well with superficial, just generic stuff across the board all the time. Like I need those deep fueling, those those heart-centered conversations, those things that fill you up from just a deep part. I need that um, in my life. That is fuel for me. And I think, you know, when I talk to Susan, my therapist mentor, <laughs> I wonder if I could make up a word for that. A mentorist? A centaur? I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to combine therapist and mentor. Anyway, but I always joke, I'm like, it's like a power up, you know, in a video game. That's, that's what she's just like this f- fuel for me. And it's I'm, I can't be dependent on her. I get that. It's because of who she is and all that good stuff. But her energy is so good for me. It, it just is. And I want more of those people in my life. And that doesn't mean the people that I love and my family and all that stuff don't fuel my heart either. It has been heart. It has truly been good for my heart to reconnect with family this year. But on the day-to-day, I'm not sure. And again, I have learned that alignment has to come first. 2023, 2023, is that what I just said? I think I did, you guys. 2023 was really about regrouping, rebuilding, and getting clear on what I want my life to feel and look like for me. Nobody else has to like it, make sense, any of that. This has to be what is true for my soul. My thoughts about my life and business have changed multiple times over the past year. And not because I've changed my mind, but with time and experience, I've gotten clearer on what works and what doesn't work for me. I'm still not exactly sure where my next spot will be. And it's funny because I did write this before this little Costa Rica epiphany today, uh, leaning again, maybe towards Auburn, uh, which is in California, above Sacramento, below Tahoe, but you never know. Um, I'll do some more exploring when spring rolls around. Um, and I was kind of hoping to go back. I was I was actually supposed to be going to back 
going to back. You like that? Going back to Costa Rica in January, but I'm fried. So I'm thinking I might go back in April. But you guys, the biggest takeaway, which is the same for my business, is that it is time to do things differently. I've said on more than one occasion that the things I've been doing weren't working. So what have I got to lose? It, right? It only makes sense to do something different. All right, so let's wrap this up with a little bit of a look back on business and finding my voice again. Because this has been, holy shit, empowering. One thing I did when I started planning this post was to look back at my Google Calendar for the last year. There were way too many things on my calendar that weren't relevant all year. And what I mean by that is, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll register for that webinar. And I can't... I can't say I was about to tell you that so many times I'll register for webinar with the intention to watch the replay. And oftentimes I do, but there's enough times that I don't. But it's like, is that relevant to your current focus and goals? Now, another little off script, but you guys remember I did go sideways. um, And a lot of this stuff changed when I went down the rabbit hole with Dr. Benjamin Hardy, his book, Be Your Future Self Now, and his books with Dan Sullivan, specifically, the 10x is easier than 2x. But in addition to things on my calendar that weren't relevant, all when I say weren't relevant all year, meaning they felt relevant in January, but by May I was onto something else. Onto something else, excuse me. And so, where's that? Um, there were things that I didn't enjoy, and or there were things on my calendar that were not relevant to my focus. And so much of that was like this this flip this flip, this switch was flipped in my brain. Dr. Benjamin Hardy, love his work. And not no disrespect, none of the stuff that he has said was necessarily earth shattering to me, because I've, I've listened to psychologists and authors and spiritual teachers and stuff talking about a lot of this stuff and productivity people. But it was such, such a testament to when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I think he seems like an incredible human being. He's not the most dynamic speaker, but for whatever reason, that content struck a nerve with me. And it was the first time I wrote a letter from my future self. I dated it seven months. It was dated December 31st, 2023. Um, I've come close to some of those goals, some not at all. One I hit four months prior. And so there's something there. And like I said last week, I have kept up with this journaling habit and I'm I'm looking at how can I integrate more of this. And you know, I've talked about these books in previous podcasts in my newsletter, but it's the first time that the idea of simplifying, in other words, doing less in my business resonated on such a deep level with me. Because I have zero problems doing the work or putting in the time, but I was spreading myself too thin. I'd love to think that I'm a fabulous multitasker, but I'm not. Truly, splitting my attention and energy only creates a longer to-do list. It creates anxiety. It creates frustration, which uh, one of Susan's definitions, therapist, is, um, and I don't know if it's hers or she heard it, but it was uh, a good definition of frustration is trying to control something over which we have no control. And in this case, it was trying to control time where as, you know, I can't, there's only so many hours in a day. I can't change that. Now, I will say to get a little woo-woo on you, that when you are doing things that are inspired, that you love, and that you're committed to doing good work to serve the people that you're creating the the, the content, the product, the service for, um, time can stand still. 
And there are days where I'm like, oh my gosh, I was in the flow all day. And that felt so phenomenal. And I got this done and that done and this done and that done. And then I, you know, I choose like, I'm recording this in the afternoon. I, I don't like doing stuff like this in the afternoon. But I'm feeling inspired and I'm feeling on point today. And so, and I'm so excited about the direction of things, which is, you know, my everything is content bringing that back. But there's something about doing the right work that's that's fueling versus doing a whole lot of, of oh wait, what's the word I'm looking at? A little bit of a lot of things, right? So you start spreading yourself too thin and as fun as it might feel, how well are you doing those things? And it it really is the first time, thanks to Ben, Dr. Benjamin Hardy's work, that I stopped and thought, I want to just get better at the stuff. I love that the stuff I've got some innate skill at and the stuff that inspires me to learn, you know, paid traffic. I don't ever want to have a traffic agency, but man, I'd love to be able to control that element of traffic, knowing that I know how to run an ad because I have done all my due diligence, I've done the work, I've tested it, I've, I've, I know the audience I'm serving, I've got testimonials, I know that the product works, and to know that I can crank up ad spend or say, hey, I've got this idea, let me see if I can validate this with an ad quickly. Like that excites me. That doesn't mean I want an ad agency, right? So there's that piece of I love to create content. I love to work with people. I love to inspire. And so how do I go deeper with that? And then there's this mastery of the stuff that I don't ever have to be the best, but I want to be the best version of myself with it so that it becomes this piece in my business that keeps this engine growing and running on a much more evergreen model. That being said, all of that being said, I am proud of the things I did accomplish. I am still publishing the newsletter and I've not missed a week. I'm at 163 issues to date. You guys, that means 163 weeks in a row. Hot damn. Does that not speak volumes about doing finding something you love and doing it? Um, my podcast, hopefully you guys feel this, it's been back on track. I'm definitely kicking up promotion for a lot of things this year. I've tried a few new things. Obviously, I did, I ran a chat GPT workshop and was doing, um, what did I call them? Chat GPT session? I called it something else. Strat- I don't remember what I called it. Eh, how about that, right? And I still love it. And I love being able to show people how to integrate it in the work that they're doing. Um, but I'm never going to pivot my business and be like, I'm, you know, I did that for a hot minute with the AI marketing chronicles, which I think I might just pull and copy and paste into a free ebook. Um, because it was prompts and examples of very specific marketing tasks, how to run a free plus shipping funnel and how to map it all out and the prompts and the results and all that kind of stuff. I think a, an ebook would be great for that. Um, let's see what else I kept up with my mini masterminds, my accountability that I have with a few friends. And, um, I adore, I adore these people. They're dear friends now. Um, I hosted my first in-person retreat in Costa Rica this past fall. Very proud of myself. That was on my letter to my, my future self, from my future self, excuse me, that it was happening in February of this year. That happened four months earlier, and it was such a fun, organic coming together of things. Uh, and I launched a community. Even with the rocky start, it has been a little start and stop. Um, I'm 100% committed to this, and I've been having some one-on-one conversations about what people actually want. It's not what I thought they wanted. So that's been great. All that being said, the one word that I can use to describe the last year is 
incohesive. (laughs) Nothing felt connected or like it was part of a bigger plan. And now, now last year doesn't, now this year does. I've got real specific, concrete, bigger picture goals that I'm backing into and I'm staying focused. And I have enough accountability built into my life with um, friends. And my daughter and I are doing some financial accountability for each other, which is really fun. And it feels good. The focus is, the word I was going to say is solid, but it's also strong. There's a real solid foundation under my feet. Um, it's it's. <laughs> I think we've all felt this, right? Since 2020, it's just been a lot. But when I look back, um, it, it's, I'll get into a little bit more in a hot minute, but the last, gosh, almost five years has just been six years. Um, I also want more downtime in my business, meaning more time for learning, creating, and exploring how to go deeper with the things I already do or want to improve on. And I know that may not sound like downtime, but it is. And I mean, I guess I should probably say white space because again, I thoroughly enjoy the downtime over the Christmas break, um, but more white space. So here's an example. Like I love doodles, using doodles, right? And, and um, mapping stuff out or to convey a theme or an idea. I think I've shared this. I was an art major for a while. Um, I have, I've done watercolors. I owned a scrapbook store. There's this real strong creative. I, I'm tactical. My journal is pen and paper, colored pens, like doodling, all that kind of stuff. So one of the things I would really love to do is learn Procreate as an example. And I have a Procreate class, um, but Procreate and be able to draw visual metaphors that to it that I can incorporate into my message, my courses, my content, all that kind of stuff. Um, so whatever it is, I'd like more white space in my calendar. And hat tip to me, I had a coaching client ask about scheduling call on a Friday. And I said, oh, no, I said, I don't do calls on Fridays. I was so proud of myself for that. Um, yeah, I also will be much more strict about <laughs> and this. That's so funny. I was just sharing that with you. I do no calls on Monday or Friday. And and so I was so proud of myself for saying that. And after having set my out of office autoresponder, like I was telling you guys, and realizing that nothing fell apart, I will absolutely be implementing and maintaining stricter boundaries with my schedule and time, which also means I'm thinking of only doing podcast interviews on Tuesdays. And that's it. And I remember interviewing somebody years ago, Curtis McHale, I think he was a WordPress guy. Um, And that was it. He said he only did podcasts on Tuesdays. And I thought, why not? Why not? Right? Like, I just, so that may be coming too. Um, So last but not least, um, finding my voice again. I'm just doing a quick, okay, we're doing good. I just want to do a quick time check here. Um. I can't quite pinpoint when I felt like I'd stopped using my voice in my business. But if I were to guess, I'd say it was around 2017. (coughs) Excuse me. I'd been going through some real personal challenges. And they continued for a handful of years. Challenges with my son and then losing my mom were more than I could handle. Even if I hadn't quite realized it at the time. So, I mean... I can't go too sideways talking about my mom because I'll break down. Ah. She was my rock. And um, 
it's wild, guys. You know, it's it's just it's one of those things where you think, like, I'm not going to be able to breathe without her. Um, but we do, and we we pick up and we move on. And the crazy thing is, you guys, I felt very connected to her in Costa Rica. Like I heard her. And it was just, and I got signs and all of those things. And I'm very much a believer in all that. But, um, you know, my time in Boise and Costa Rica were really a part of healing. And Boise, my son had come with me until I kicked him out a few months in. Um, a whole other story, but one I'll probably never share here. But, um, you know, that year to myself was such a gift. And I started doing these uh, intense weekly sessions. I would say intense, but I had said to my therapist, I said, I want to raise my vibration. Are you game? She said, let's do it. And she was stuck in Costa Rica. I would have rather been stuck there than Boise, but that's okay. Um, and it was such a gift. That whole year was such a gift to myself. And then I think my time in Costa Rica was a lot more healing and growth. And I feel on much more solid ground than I have in years. Because the truth is grief impacts us in ways that we're not even aware of until after the fact. And I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's a visual that's like grief when when we first lose somebody, or even a pet. Um, you know, when we first lose somebody, Grief is like this huge ball, and it takes up the majority of the space in our heart. And over time, the ball gets smaller, but it's still there. And every now and then, it moves around and it pings us and stuff. Because, like, look at this, you guys. It's been four years since it'll be in July of this year, five years, which blows me away. It just it blows me away that it's been so long already. So sorry, you guys. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> that's that's a habit I'm very committed to breaking this year's apologizing for things I don't need to apologize for. But, you know, grief will impact you. And it's hard to use your voice when you're raw and you're grieving and you're weary because using your voice requires a certain degree of vulnerability. And that's really what the last few years have been for me. Um, I've gotten through it with the help of my mentor, the people I trust to hold that space for me. And and truth be told, a commitment to myself, which started with letting go of expectations, my own expectations, and the perceived expectations of other people. In other words, the BS in my head about, well, yeah, but if I don't do this, then this, right? Instead of letting everybody else be an adult and me not being responsible for how that impacts them. I'm not responsible for somebody being disappointed in my decision to take care of myself doesn't mean I don't love them. But Susan remind you, I was listening to a session of ours recently, and she said, Kim, life is full of disappointments. But it's not your job to hold that for everybody else and protect everybody else. We're all we're all grownups now, right? Um, so you get the point with that. And you know, there are so many rules about how things should and shouldn't be done online. So now we're shifting into the business piece of this, right? And using my voice. But there are so many rules about how things should and shouldn't be done that it's easy to lose sight of what you're doing and why you're doing it in the first place. You know, like, my God, if I read one more time that, you know, is medium dying? Is this dying? Is that dying? Is this not working? Oh, my Lord. It's so ridiculous. The clickbait. I just want to Ugh. 
you know, and you read it. And it's like, this is the same bullshit you wrote last year. And it's just like, stop it. And it's funny because half the time that message is coming on the very platform that they say is dying or isn't dying. Anyways, the more I tried to do what I thought I should do, the less fun I was having. And the more my content production slowed down because I was not enjoying what I was doing. The less fun I have, right? Nobody wants, shit, I may as well go get a job if I'm not going to have fun. Nothing sounded like me. Nothing felt like me. And I'm being a tad dramatic with the nothing, right? But the more I tried to create content based on a niche or to appease the search engines, I started wreaking havoc with my mind and my soul. I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I creating? It's like this constant chasing of something based on someone else's something. Like I love frameworks. I love, um, you know, something that's really big online now too is, is getting certified in someone else's methodology. I think those are brilliant. I think it's fantastic. But if you can't put your own spin on it, I don't think it's going to work. You have to be able to take a methodology, a framework, a system, whatever, and and say, this works for me, this doesn't work for me. Because otherwise, there's this element of, dare I say, imposter syndrome, or you kind of feel like a fraud because, well, I'm just teaching what someone else told me to do. I, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't work for me. Maybe it does work for other people. The other thing that happened is, and I'm not going to go sideways, I promise, but when Roe v. Wade was overturned in the United States, I got so pissed off and I realized, Kim, you cannot keep your mouth shut anymore. And I don't necessarily mean political, but I was very unapologetic about my anger around that. And it reminds me of if we don't stand for something, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. At what point I think that, and I can only speak to United States culture, but I feel like we've gotten so apathetic. And like my dad was telling me this story last night about my sister. Um, She had had gone to the grocery store and saw a man who looked very unstable and like cut up and maybe drinking or whatnot. And it concerned her enough. She parked her car and he had come out of this little pizza place and said, does anybody know this person? Two people jumped up. One was a firefighter and one was a police officer, both off duty. They got up to help. And and it's like, when did we stop caring? And you guys, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be depressing, but... <laughs> For me, it feels like, God, when did we stop caring about each other? You know, and again, I'm going to choose to say that I think there are plenty of people who care, plenty of people who love their neighbors and look out for one another. It's just that that's not what the media perpetuates. But the point is, and again, this is not about politics, but I realized I have been trying to keep everyone happy and not ruffle feathers. Again, there's not a whole lot of feathers to ruffle, right, online, because I'm not truthfully, hear my heart, I am not interested in throwing people under the bus, calling people out by name, or causing controversy. But here's a great example. And and this, again, is not to call somebody out, but um, I unsubscribed from Nathan Berry, co-founder of ConvertKit, um, an email he sent out about all these podcast interviews he'd done, and he'd been here, and he'd been there. And again, there must have been eight or nine people, not one was a woman. So ask me how how I feel about this billion dollar podcast he's doing with Rachel Rogers. To me, it feels performative. Is or isn't isn't the point. But every time I see the same 10 men or the same 10 men coming into an email or being highlighted or, 
or capitalism.com. Here, I just said I was not going to call out people by name, but I think these are all smart men who can do better. That's what I'm going to say. I And I may regret this whole podcast, but we're going to find out. But Ryan Daniel Moran, I like his content. I like his work. There must be 40 speakers and I think three or four women and maybe six minorities or people of color. And it's like, really? I just... Anyways, here's the deal, though, guys, like, it is time to change the narrative. I said this last week. And until we start using our voices, nothing is going to change. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. What I am interested in is speaking my truth. There is massive truth to hitting 50, you guys realizing, holy shit, there is most likely less time in front, less life in front of me than behind me. Now, doesn't mean I won't live 53. Maybe I will live to 106. Who knows, right? There's making strides all the time. Do I want to be here that long? I don't know. But <clears throat> there's just things you're not willing to put up with anymore. You know, I don't care what other people think. And as much as I say that, I know that that's a part of being human also, right? But and it's a process. But I definitely care a whole lot less than I used to. I am done putting other people's needs before my own. I don't have little children at home that I need to feed and protect and take care of. Um, Or do I feel that the responsibility or need to do things the way they've always been done just to keep other people happy? Again, nothing is worth my peace of mind. And so there is, you guys, I really feel this. And this is my, um, my calling to you. My calling to you, what is the word I'm looking for? My challenge to you, I guess, would be the more <laughs> more relevant way to say that. My challenge is to you is to say those things and to take those risks. And again, I don't mean controversial or politically or whatever, but when you feel something in your heart, like I am feeling this massive pull about bringing women on to talk about money and to talk about finance and what that looks like for entrepreneurs, right? I've talked a a little bit about like Vivian too, Rich AF is her book, and she's got your Rich BFF, or um, Tori Dunlap, Financial Feminist, her first 100K, both women under their 30s doing phenomenal things. I'd love to see stuff approached more. I like I can't speak to to being a W2 employee anymore. It's been 17 years since I've had a job. And yes, I had the 401k and all of those things. That's that's not my wheelhouse, but I am so interested in in learning more about the mindset around money, about the education of money for women and about charging our worth and charging our value. I have no idea how this is going to unfold, but I'm absolutely going to be doing a special series on the podcast. I'm going to do the regular episode and then we'll do a special series. And I want to see where this takes me. But my challenge to you is to use your voice and to use your voice for good and to speak your truth. And sometimes people are not going to like that. And that's fine. All side note here is, I don't know if you guys saw this, Will Ferrell did um, a video, I think that I mentioned this a few weeks ago, at, at a Hollywood event where he was saying, you know, I'm not trying to placate you guys, it was two women, he said, but could you guys just take over? I think it's time that women take over and run things because we've been doing it since 10,000 BC and it's not turning out so great. Here's a crazy thing. I went to look that, sh- it's a short, it's a video short. I went to look it up. And the amount of men hating on him, saying, oh, he just 
kissed his career goodbye. And it was like, what? Like, I was stunned. I'm like, oh, it was awesome, right? Of course, as a female, I thought it was awesome. But I'm like, I also don't think that a man who's confident and is feeling that he is for equal rights and women um, and all of that stuff would be offended by it. That's another <laughs> clear political bent on my part. But the point is he used his voice. I think we all need to do it. Men, women, whatever you identify as, zero judgment on my end. I want to be a kind, loving person who contributes to the planet. That's it. I want people to feel better for having engaged with me. And what that looks like and how this all unfolds is going to be as much of a mystery to me as it as it is to you, because I've got a plan for the content, I've got a plan for the business in the year. Um, and how it shows up is going to be contingent on how much I stay in alignment, I trust myself, and I am willing to take those risks. Life is too short, you guys. Use your voice. We need more people to use their voice. We don't need more of the same. And even if you're saying something similar to what someone else has said, your your perspective, your life experience that you bring to the table, all of it needs to be heard. And stop to think about it. What if you did that one post or that one podcast, that one video that completely lit something up in somebody? Wouldn't that be worth it? Like we don't all have to say, I need to change. I need to, you know, show 1 million women how to make a million dollars. You don't, it doesn't have to be so grand. It's that, isn't there a, isn't there a quote about, you know, but to one person, you're everything. And I'm, I'm botching that, but you guys get the point. So anyways, <laughs> oh, this was an interesting episode, wasn't it? Happy New Year. I love you guys tons. Thank you for being here. And thank you for being on this journey with me. I'm very excited about what this year, how it's going to unfold, where I end up. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. And I'm looking forward to starting that financial series, hopefully, and, and kicking that off in, in February. I've got a list of people to start interviewing. So here we go. Um, if you've not done so, a review in Apple iTunes would be fantastic. Apple Podcasts. In my head, I'm thinking, it doesn't matter. I botched it. Apple Podcasts, whatever. Spotify is still coming. Um, yeah, that's it. And stay tuned. I am working on a new Everything is Content sort of manifesto guide on what it means, what Everything is Content means, and how to get started in getting clear on that for you. So here we go, guys. Welcome to the new year. Here we go, 2024. Make it yours. Make it great. And again, I will catch you next week. Thanks so much. 